added. How about you stand to your feet, church? Is it still pretty chilly outside? Yes. All rugged up inside as well. church. We've come into the presence of Almighty God. We've come into the presence of Almighty God. Yeah. On Thursday night as we were worshipping and we were rehearsing and we were practicing and um, at, the end of the, at the end of all singing all the songs, we're kind of like, okay, cool, everything's done. And then Caleb just said, let's just have a moment of silence. And we stopped playing our instruments and we were in complete silence. And all of a sudden the presence of God just went and just we just felt the heaviness of the presence of God. I haven't felt like that, I don't think, ever in my life. My legs were heavy, my feet were heavy, and the presence of God was so, so strong. We just stood there for about 10, 15 minutes in complete silence as the presence of God just sat in this place. God is here this morning to meet with us. If you've just come just to have a gathering Okay, but there's so much more. So how about we position ourselves? Father God, this morning, Lord, we come to You as we are. You know from the moment we woke up this morning, oh God, You know every hair on our head. You know every every movement that we've made this morning, oh God. You know where we're at and You love us and You've come. We've come this morning to connect with You, to meet with You, to have Your way this morning. We desire to open our hearts to You, oh God. Have your way, moving in this place in a new way, in a fresh way this morning, God, that we would meet you face to face, Father God. And all God's people said, Amen. All right. From beginning to the end. Thank you, Lord. From beginning to
song for you this morning. How we put our hands together. Talk about the river of God. How it is flowing down from heaven to us. Let it overflow you this morning. Whatever comes, whatever goes, there's one thing I know. You are faithful. Yeah, you are faithful. So your word that has the power to change my world. You're my breakthrough. You're my breakthrough. I will trust. And I will trust you. I will trust you.
Good morning, how are you? You doing all right? We're going to do that again. That sounds like a cool song. It is a good song. Great. We'll get the words sorted and we'll try again, eh? Because I like songs that make you get out of your comfort zone, you know? You've got to, got to clap. You've got to push yourself a little bit. So it says, I will bring a sacrifice of praise. I haven't yet discovered the sacrifice that costs nothing. True, right? Sacrifice costs you something. It means getting out of your comfort zone and clapping your hands on a cold morning. All good. So anyway, we'll discover the words. Nice to see you. You're doing all right. Fantastic. Why don't you turn around and welcome three or four people. Tell them they're looking great, that you're pleased to see them. Introduce yourself if you don't know their names. Ask them how they're coping with the school holidays. Great to see you. Very warm welcome. If you're visiting with us today, wonderful to have you here. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're in for a great morning. If you are visiting with us, there is a, uh, a visitor's pack, a guest pack, down on the table at the back there. And uh, if you'd like to head there on the way out of the building at the end, someone will give you that and there's a coffee card in there. And if we can help you any way in your journey, we would love to do that. So great to have you here. Has anybody had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the last week? Hey, come on. Fantastic. Did mum let you out? All on your own? No, she's in the foyer. Oh, where's Gabby? She needs to come as well. Here she comes. Fantastic. Well done, Gabby. Good on you. Miracle baby, eh? Isn't it awesome? Fantastic. Good work. Muller was making out like it was him doing all the hard work online. More Birthdays? Birthdays this morning, is it? Birthdays? Birthday, fantastic. Birthday as well? Fantastic. Church, why don't we jump to our feet and let's declare God's blessing over all of these birthdays and a literal birthday. Very cool. Here we go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity, purpose and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy birthdays, happy birthday, happy birthday, birthdays. Fantastic. It's exciting, isn't it? Very good. Well, a couple of things you need to know about. Tonight at 6 p.m., Martin is sharing his testimony with us. Now, you really need to be here for this. Martin has got a great story. I, I, I can't say Martin's last name. I tried and I coughed up a lung. And so, hey, Lubba, Lubba Shay. You sound it the easy way. This morning in the nine, they told me I had to go to say it. No. Yeah. So Martin has this amazing, amazing testimony. Um, 
where he was not a nice man and now he is a nice man. And the difference is Jesus. Um, but you really need to hear the story. It, it's, it is amazing. And um, he certainly had quite a journey. And he's sharing that story with us tonight at 6 p.m. So that'll be come out. It's the school holidays. Kids don't have to be at school tomorrow. You don't have to worry about that. There's nothing on TV. Come and hear Martin's story. That'll be great. Um, the Bible Lands Tour is uh, interest-wise. It's looking like it's pretty good at the moment. So um, if you are interested, if you've got any interest in, join, interest in joining us on this trip next year, you need to get the interest in. In the next couple of days, then we're going out to wider churches. Then we'll start to solidify some things on that, just so you know. Um, also, we had our School of Leadership this last week. Pastor Trevor led that, and I've heard feedback that it was outstanding. And um, so you can't come to the next three weeks if you weren't last week. Tough, eh? Uh, yeah, no, you can't. It's not going to work. But what you can do is book it in for later in the year and come to the one on spiritual gifts. Uh, that would be outstanding. So, very good. Those of you who are there, well done. Kids, it is the school holidays at the back. Tim, Tim is at the back. He's got some colouring stuff and bits and pieces. And uh, if you'd like to do those to stay occupied this morning, you're most welcome. Bring them back to your parents or whoever brought you to church. That would be best way to do that. Fantastic. Well, Joe and Andrea and family are going to Canada, I think it is, isn't it? Am I right? Where are you, Joe? Andrea? It is Canada, eh? I got that right. Fantastic. For six months. So it'd be great to pray for you guys. Do you want to come out here? Good timing, leaving in the middle of our winter and all. How about some friends like to come and pray with them? We're going to declare God's blessing over them as they go on this crazy adventure. It'll be good, won't it? It'll be exciting. Yeah, it'll be really exciting. Amazing. Fantastic. Jen, do you want to pray this down? God, I thank you for this wonderful family. I thank you that... You go ahead of them. I thank you uh, that you've got a, a, a fantastic adventure planned for them as a family, uh, for Joe and Andrea's marriage and um, their, their relationship as their family. I declare blessing in Jesus' name. I thank you for the beautiful uh, memories that, that are going to be made over this time. And God, I thank you for safe travels for them. I thank you for all the bits and pieces that need to fall into place for them. For I thank you for, for wonderful friends that they are yet to make. Yeah. Uh, I, I pray that you would surround them with, with beautiful people. And may Joe and Andrea and the kids, may they be an, an incredible light wherever they go. Thank you, God, for the blessing that they will be to uh, people that they are to meet in this time. We will miss them, but we bless them in Jesus' name. Mm. Yeah, Father, I thank you for this wonderful family and as they go, we declare travelling mercies over them. Father, that you would keep them safe at all times, that you'd keep them in great health and as has been prayed, that this will really be an amazing time for them. Father, I pray that you'd surprise them and I ask that you'd surprise them uh, while they're away. Father, they go with the expectations but I ask that you would drop stuff out of heaven for them while they're away that would uh, surpass any expectation that they may have had that will surprise them that will cause them to love you more love you deeper 
and uh, to revel in your presence and your goodness. So we thank you for them and we declare your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a great time, guys. It'll be awesome. What day? When do you leave? Tuesday. Brilliant. Exciting times. Can I ask you a question this morning? When you decided that you were coming this morning, have you brought expectation with you? Because you can bring expectation with you or not. God meets expectation. He meets faith. He loves faith. And you can bring expectation with you. Or we could simply just go through the motions this morning. And I want to encourage you to stir up expectation, even now, as you're sitting there. God, speak to me this morning. God, this morning, I'm going to hear your voice. This morning, I'm going to encounter you. I'm going to encounter your presence. Something of the presence of heaven is going to invade my life this morning because I have faith, I have expectation that this is not any ordinary Sunday. This is today. And today, God wants to meet with me. And today, I want to meet with God. Does that sound all right? Man. Tough crowd, tough crowd. Jay preached last week for the first time. I said, how was it? And he said, far out, those people were quiet. Have you seen the way those people look, Dad, when you're preaching to them? I said, yeah, every week. (laughs) Smile. Actually, I found out the other day that if you smile, it burns six calories. Ah, now you smile. Far out. Warp motivations, eh? Six calories. Eh? Well, that's what someone told me, and I believe everything I hear. So, or read on Facebook for that matter. Moira, why don't you come and lead us around communion before I dig a hole that I will not get out of? How about giving Moira a great big hand as she comes? I just want to have a quick chat to you about comparison. It's affected my life for many years without me realising it because it hid behind its two best allies that was if only and what if. You know, when we compare ourselves to someone else, most of the time it places us either above them or below them. We may decide we're equal and that's great, but If that decision came because you were comparing yourself to someone, you often hear people say, oh, she thinks she's better than me, but I'm just as good as her. Or he thinks I'm a loser, but he isn't any better than me. Sometimes we're conscious of making a comparison with other people, but sometimes it happens subconsciously because past behaviors have got patterns set in our life. We, make, we already have parameters in where we, we make instant sort of calls on, oh, they're, they're nicer, they're smarter than me, they're prettier than me, they're more fit. They do things better than I do. A little about me. My parents had a saying in our family when, I guess when you achieved above the expected level, it was like, I won. 
I came first. You did? Really? And they'd, then they'd celebrate with me and they'd say, well done. And I'd have a, get a hug. And You knew they were really happy for me, but the disclaimer would always follow. But just remember, don't get big-headed. There's always somebody better than you. Now, I don't think bad of my parents. Don't get me wrong, they were loving and caring. But to my little mind, that sounded like you have to figure out in life always who's better than you and where you fit. And the chances are that if there's always somebody better than you, you'll never be as good as anyone else. Both outcomes are the result of comparison. I don't blame them. I knew they were trying to keep me humble because they knew the flip side. Life isn't always easy for people who think they're better than anyone else. Both outcomes are the result of comparison. It's a vicious cycle, and the first step to victory is recognising it's a tool the devil uses to make us ineffective. I had begun preparing this communion message uh, when we went to Hillsong Conference last week, which was amazing. So when one of the guest speakers got up and started talking about comparison, he had my full attention. He said, the fastest way to destroy something special is to compare it to something else. He said, we're always going to see people succeed and do well. The key is to acknowledge and even learn from their success and not destroy ourselves by comparison. His message was about doing what God has equipped and called us to do in our own unique way. That doesn't mean we need to be strange or weird about it. But seek God, find out what motivates you, what you do well, and run your race. Run the race God designed for you. He said, get obsessed with Jesus and you won't have time to obsess about all the things that don't matter. Today, as we take communion together, let's remember that in Christ, there's no need for comparison with each other. He sees neither race nor gender, rich or poor, success or failure. And he didn't just erase those labels. He made them irrelevant. In Romans 3.23, for there is no difference. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 10.13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We're all in this together. So let's examine our hearts. That's the only examination he wants you to do. It's the only comparison he wants you to do. Are you right with God? When we eat and drink the cup together, examine our hearts. Has everyone received? Almost. I'll pray. Father, I thank you that in Christ we find the way. I thank you that in Christ we find the truth. I thank you that in Christ we find the way to you. And I thank you that in Christ we're all equal. I thank you, Lord, that you love us all equally. And I thank you, Father, this morning as we take communion, we'll have a a freshness of your love for us. And we're not less and we're not more. 
that you love us just the way we are. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. In a, in a world of uncertainty at this, start, at this time, having a, a Father, a God that we can trust and rely on completely is huge. don't know if you're facing any uncertainty at the moment, but I, there's a line in the song we're about to sing that says, um, help me to trust you more every day. And that gives me hope because we can say, oh, yes, I trust in God, but we know that there's situations that we need to learn how to trust Him more in that uncertainty. So if you're in a place of uncertainty, that's okay. May this be a prayer to God this morning. Lord, help me to trust you more every day. You hold my forever and you I will stay. How about we stand and find God in the midst of this moment.
Who's changing and, and here, and that's true, that's true. But what about this? The atmosphere changing all over New Zealand, all over Hamilton, all over this world. As you worship, as we recognize and acknowledge the presence of the Spirit of God in the city, yeah, as we worship this morning, how about this be a prophecy? How about this be a declaration? of the atmosphere changing. You know, there's all sorts of atmospheres out there. There's all sorts of nasty stuff that, that, that spiritual powers would like to wreak havoc over this place. But the atmosphere is changing because we acknowledge the Spirit of God is enthroned in our praises right here in Hamilton, right here in New Zealand. Are you ready? Are you ready to declare it this morning? The atmosphere is changing now. Yeah, we declare. Spirit of the Lord is here. Oh, yeah. The evidence is all around. Oh, people set free. The Spirit of the Lord is here. We declare the atmosphere changing. The atmosphere is changing now. For your Spirit is Evidence is all 
can you lift your hand if you need a miracle this morning? If you've got family or friends who don't know Jesus yet, you need a miracle this morning, your hand should be up. You're sick, got sickness in your body. Vision, need relationship restored. Maybe you need a supernatural idea to bust through and solve the situation that you're facing. Father, you see every hand, you know every need in this place a sense that God wants to heal someone this morning, your knees giving you trouble, the joints in your knees, somebody else that's got a, a growth on your body that's really concerning you, I believe God's going to touch that, heal that this morning in Jesus' name. Also the person who's getting continuous ear infections, one after the other after the other. A miracle here for you this morning. Give it to Jesus. Father, I ask that you would meet every need this morning. Father, that we'd see a miracle of people coming to know you, our family, our friends who need to know you, our work colleagues, that we would see hearts turn to you this week. I declare healing over the sick. This morning, in the name of Jesus Christ, we command infirmity to leave in Jesus' name and for healing power of God to take residence. Call in provision in the name of Jesus. Ideas, solutions released from heaven in Jesus' name. Take hold of these things by faith. We have expectation, Lord, that you will move on our behalf in all of these areas. In Jesus' name. Here we go. 
from God tour. So does anyone have any questions? I see the reception isn't great here. Will there be Wi-Fi? Oh, you won't need Wi-Fi. Well, how long will it take? It takes as long as you want it to take. How close do you get to him? Oh, you get really close. <sighs> I want to be right in the middle of the action. I don't want to miss a thing. I might have a really important phone call to take. Will there be reception? Oh, there better be. I want to post these great pics. Will God talk to all of us individually? It says in this brochure that we get to spend time in his presence. Mm. And we talk to him. And we hear from him. Hear from him? Yeah. I just want a pic of me and the big guy. I thought I booked a river cruise. I have a really important question for him. Will the Chiefs be in the finals? Yeah. How many of these tours have you done? Oh, this will be my seventh one. Seven? Whoa. Oh, I'm posting that one on the HFG tour. Hashtag blessed, hashtag Jesus, hashtag church, hashtag religion, hashtag HFG tour. Post. All right, it's time to go. Let's make our way this way. Walking, people. Walking. Yeah. <laughs> Walking people this way. Come in. Oh, 
first part of the tour and go grab a coffee. Can you tell me where the cafe is? I'll tell you in a minute. I might grab a coffee too. I thought it was going on a river cruise. Thank goodness for fast track. VIPs that miss the queue. Does this cafe have Wi-Fi? I want to post a great video of all these people waiting. Right, okay, now, we're at the entrance for the start of the Hearing From God tour. So now just relax, make yourself feel comfortable as we get ready to go in. Now, last week, someone even felt the breath of God on their face. Well, regardless, it's going to be a life-changing experience. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, it will. This YouTube clip of this cat is hilarious. I'm so excited. I'm going to stay at the back. Smile. Now, the reason why I came on this tour is because I want God's LinkedIn address. I haven't been able to find it, and I really want to connect with him. God doesn't need to be on LinkedIn. You can connect straight with him. Oh, mm, I think I'll grab a coffee. <sighs> coffee? Where's the cafe? Look, for those of you that want the full experience <sighs> of hearing from God, stay here. For those of you that want uh, coffee and Wi-Fi, <laughs> the cafe's in that direction. Excellent, thank you. Coffee, then river cruise. Coffee, then river cruise. Hello. Yes, this is she. I'll be back. Tell God I'll be back, okay? Tell him to wait for me. What? Why are they choosing cafe and Wi-Fi over this tour? I don't know. Some people are sort of scared to hear from God, and, and others, well, they're worried about what he might say. Well, I'm not. I'm open and ready to hear from God. So am I. Oh, this is so exciting. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm so excited. I know, I know, I know, I know, but I like it. I like it. Why don't you take just a moment, jump up on your feet, greet two or three people around you. Ask them if they've heard from God recently. Fantastic. As you take your seats again, can you please give Nicola a great big hand as she comes to share with us this morning? Thank you. Um, so today I've been asked to share my story about hearing from God, and I'm going to talk to you about three things. The first thing is facing bankruptcy at the age of 23, the discovery of God talking, and how God started talking to me at work. So I'm married to Guy, and I've got two children, Chloe and Sam, and we currently go to Activate Church, and have been going here for the last 23 years. I was actually brought up in Hamilton um, in a non, with one older brother in a non-Christian family. So we had no knowledge or understanding of God whatsoever. I left school at the age of 18, 
and started working in a travel agency, which I absolutely loved. At the age of 20, I became a Christian through a girl at work sharing her testimony and just inviting me to come to church. At the age of 23, I left my job to start a business. Now, I'd always wanted to own a business. I started my first one when I was eight years of age, and I think I knew that that was something um, uh, that I was going to always do in my life. What I didn't know was that God had put those seeds in me and those gifts for for business, even though I wasn't a Christian, he put them in me from the day that I was born. Um, And so I started up a business in Wellington training people to work in the travel and tourism industry. Um, Now, none of the banks would lend us money. Uh, That shouldn't be a surprise to anyone who's tried to lend money to uh, start up a business. Um, They didn't think I was a very good risk, and so none of them would lend us the money. So my father retired and put his retirement fund in to finance the business. And so there we were. Uh, we were in this building in Abel Smith Street in Wellington. The architects owned the top floor and we were just on the ground floor, my father and I. Uh, my dad had no experience in business whatsoever, but he would come in every day and make the tea and answer the phone and do odd jobs for me. And the business was a complete disaster. Um, after six months, we realised that we were probably going to have to close up. Um, the phones weren't ringing, nothing was happening, and it was pretty hard going. And I guess the reality started to hit that I was going to spend the rest of my life paying back my dad. Um, it was so bad that I couldn't sleep or eat. I could barely talk. Um, for those of you that have been in this situation, you'll know what I mean. It was all we could do just not to just want to think about the business and talk about it all the time. It absolutely invaded us. Um, The thought of what were we going to do, what could we do, um, it was really, really tough. It was really my first experience of turning to and relying on God. It was, though, very much a one-way dialogue, me crying out to him, please save this business, and not listening to him because, well, I didn't know that God could speak back to me. Um, I was engaged to Guy at the time, and we decided that rather than just become obsessed with this business, he was going to be an accountant, um, and had just got his first job, rather than just be obsessed with this business, we would instead turn our eyes on God. And that was really hard to do because this was this big thing looming in our lives. And when you have something that big, it's really difficult to put it aside, to put it in a box and just leave it there, and then just focus on him. So we decided we would um, just give everything to God. We would try to just uh, come to every meeting. We tried to find a life group to go to every night of the week. Um, We came to help with um, youth. We just decided we would just throw everything at it so we could just be in his presence all the time, thinking about him. And the pastor, I went to him and talked to him about it because it was so big for me. It was interesting that one of the things he said to me was, what's the worst case scenario? And I said, the worst case scenario is that we will go bankrupt and I will spend the rest of my life paying back my dad. And he said, okay, so would you still get into the kingdom of God? And I said, yes, I would. And he said, so what's the problem? And you know what? That just really hit me because I realized that 
it actually didn't matter. The thing that mattered most was that I was going to make it into the kingdom. And everything else was a materialistic judgment of the world on whether or not maybe I'd have my own house or any of those other things. So when I realized that, definitely a burden lifted from me. And then he said to me, I want you to take some scriptures. And he gave me these scriptures. And I want you to write them on a card about that big, and carry it with you everywhere. When you get up in the morning, last thing at night, when you're having a coffee, pull these scriptures out, and I want you to read them out and hold on to them. And these were the three scriptures that he gave me. For I know I have the plans for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And I guess that's what we tried to do. We just decided we were absolutely determined we were just going to seek him during this time. This was a hard one for me because this was like a, a vision, I guess, of, of what might be, and it was just so hard to think that this might happen, that the Lord will open for you his good storehouse the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. And I just could not see that. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will only be above, and you will not be underneath. If you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I charge you today to observe them carefully. And for me, that was it was un- inconceivable that that could come about, but I absolutely wanted it, and I cried out to the Lord, and this was my vision for the business and for what we were doing. I just longed for it. Within two weeks, everything changed. It was that quick. The business went from being this dry desert with no customers, um, no phone calls ringing, to absolutely it flooding in, like we were almost... Um, yeah, we couldn't cope with it. I remember we had a camp coming up, and I was like, oh, I can't go to the camp because I really need to be here on Saturday to run this um, event that we had coming up. And then I just thought, no, I'm not going to do that. Actually, I'm going to go to the camp and believe that the same result I would have got from doing this event will happen regardless. Well, it didn't just happen. It sort of happened fourfold um, when I came back from the camp. So I just, um, I could not believe how the floodgates came in and how the business just changed overnight. And so it was really, I guess, the story of my business and how, as I cried out to God, he spoke to me through his word and through the pastor. um, And I really got a sense then of his presence and what he was saying to me. Now, I've been a Christian for over 10 years when one night our life group, the topic came up about hearing from God. So everyone was sharing about how they heard from God and you know, it sounded really good and, and I just sat there and I felt very sorry for myself. I said, oh, no, God doesn't speak to me. And, and the life group leader looked at me and said, but what about your dramas? And I was like, what do you mean? Well, he said, well, where do you get all your inspiration from, from writing them? And I was just like, I don't know, I just sort of sit down and... Um, and they just come to me, and he looked at me, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that is God inspiring me. That's God dropping these ideas into my mind. I was, I just, it was such a revelation to me that he was using my gifts and guiding and leading me and how I could use them, um, and it was just fantastic, and from then on, I just now expect it. I look for it. I, I turn off what I think, and I try to just listen to what he's going to say to me. 
I've been doing drama all my life. Um, I actually got offered a job with Television New Zealand when I was 22. Um, Guy and I had the privilege of starting and running New Zealand's first Christmas drive-through. Uh, so here is a picture of Sam, who is the Aussie in the um, drama, and Michael Pickett, Ray and Wendy's son. Now, what you can't see is there was a fire there as well, and those boys were up to mischief. There was live donkeys and a whole lot of other things, and we really captured it, that photo captured it on their faces. But we've gone on to perform full-length plays at Parachute, um, and obviously last year we did the Christmas pantomime, um, and the cast who were in the play today um, were in that pantomime. And the good news is um, we're doing a new one this year, set on a pirate ship, so that will be ex that'll be exciting. So I guess I realised then that God could really speak to me through drama. And even as I sit in a service now, I, I expect to hear from him and just listen as things happen, as I talk to people. Um, whatever the talk's on, I expect that I'm going to have hear from God during that talk, especially during that worship service last week as we were just standing in worship. Um, I, I was amazed at the things that he was just dropping into my mind about the things that I should do and the people I should talk to. So um, it was a revelation. It turns out I was completely deaf all these years. Um, God had been speaking to me and I just didn't hear him. So, uh, But he was definitely in my business as well and really leading me into what I should do. And I think that's really important because you have, in business you have loads of opportunities, things that you can pick up. They come across you all the time and you think, should I do that, should I do this and so on. And I really got a sense of God leading me into what sort of things we should do that would really benefit the business. And I remember going to um, a business group where they said, let God sit in the chairman's seat and allow him to run the business. And so it was good to know that he was going to direct us um, in what we were going to do. So for example, we started with that one campus in Wellington. We grew to nine campuses, including opening one at Auckland Airport. Um, we've won New Zealand Tourism Awards, formed a partnership with Walt Disney, who employ our students. We've bought our largest competitor and went from 30 staff and two campuses to uh, 80 staff and eight campuses. Uh, and just recently, uh, the business purchased Inchuri um, Group, so a very large PTE. And so um, now I've got um, doubled in size in terms of my responsibility. But look, running a business is not for the faint-hearted. And sometimes you feel like this. You feel like you're hanging on for dear life. There has definitely been some challenges in our business and the way that things that we've had to face. We've had lots of David and Goliath situations, huge ones, such as competitors like Air New Zealand trying to shut us down. And that's a hard one. Um, they're big, uh, definitely a Goliath. An unhappy employee who took us to court. A student who took us to court and threatened um, us, making sleep very difficult. CAA who came up against us. A tutor having an inappropriate relationship with a student staff who stole money from us on more than one occasion, media who printed incorrect information about us, and a student who died while in our care. However, God was always in control. 
and he really helped guide us through those rough seas into calm waters. He was leading and guiding me in a way that just enabled me to have a real peace about whatever situation I was going through. For instance, in 2010, we had a campus in Christchurch. Now, the lease was expiring, and Guy said to me, we need to make a decision about whether or not we're going to move out of the CTV building into a new building in town, or whether we should just stay there. Now, whenever you move buildings, it's, it's a hassle. Um, you have to go out, you have to look at different buildings, you have to then negotiate the lease, you then have to do a fit-out. I mean, it's, it's a huge job, so it's just easier to stay, just way easier to stay. Anyway, I was standing at the sink peeling the potatoes and Guy was saying, what are you going to do? You know, are we moving out or are we going to stay there? And I, I just felt God say, move. So I said, we're moving out. Um, and so we did. So we, we moved out in the staff and students out in the December 2010 into another building in town. And two months later, the earthquake struck Christchurch and the CTV building, as we all know, completely collapsed. Um, all our students and staff were in a different building. They all got out safely. Um, but the building was actually in the, the red centre, completely um, out. Of, we couldn't access it. And we had a business to run in Christchurch. And during that time, you've got students who are really stressed and you've got staff that are really stressed. It was a really hard place to be. All of Christchurch was in chaos. And I was like, so God... It would be really great, you know, if we could find some rugby club rooms or a, a bowling club or a scouts hall or something that we could run our classes out of. Maybe the classes would just come for one day a week and, you know, maybe we could do something. And, uh, you know, I realised that if we were using the rugby club rooms, it might smell of beer on the Monday. But, you know, look, we'll make, we could make it work. Um, but God wanted the very best for us. Out of the blue, a pastor rang me and said, oh, look, we just thought we might come over and pray with you. And so they came into the workplace and um, said, so what would you like prayer about? I was just like, well, I need to find somewhere to go for our, our staff and our students in Christchurch. And, um, and they, they talked about the scripture that says, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they're yet speaking, I will hear. In Isaiah 65, 24. So, you know, God knew what we needed. And um, he gave, within 10 minutes of finishing praying, we got the call that we could move into the Canterbury Sports Management College. Uh, just beautiful. It's five minutes from the centre of Christchurch. was completely unharmed throughout the quake, and there were no students there, so we were able to just move straight in. <laughs> yeah, no rugby clubs for us. Yeah. Um, so I really felt God leading me to, and, and answering my prayer and hearing my cry, and how he made me make good decisions throughout um, with the business. But my first real encounter with God, um, after getting saved, obviously, actually came when I went on a woman's camp. And the speaker there was Diane DeVette. And she had done some work around refocusing therapy. So she came to speak, and she said that God could speak to us in pictures. I was like, wow, that'd be cool. And so they said, oh, you know, let's have a volunteer. So um, I put my hand up, and I came up, and she said, right, so she used me as the guinea pig to demonstrate. And she said, look, it'll be like, you might find it's like being in a movie, and it was. It was completely like being in a movie, and this is the image I got. I immediately got this 
feeling that I was, everywhere I looked, I was in it. It was like I was in a movie. I was, in this, I was walking along this desert road. I was holding Jesus in the right hand. We were talking away about nothing. I, there, was, there was no actual words being said. But there were these potholes, and as I, I would go along, I, would, I was thinking, what are those potholes? And so Diane said, well, just ask him, what, what are those potholes? And he said that what happens is when you go down and something challenging um, comes before you, you bounce back up. And I thought, that's cool. And then we got to the end of this road, and before us was sort of a city layout. And as I looked over the city, I was like, wow, I can see the buildings really succinctly, what they looked like. And, and then when the session finished, and I said to Diane, what are the buildings that I could see? What does that mean? And she said, oh, you'll need to ask God. I was like, oh. So I said to God, what are the buildings? And I, I just felt him say, just wait, just wait. Anyway, two weeks later, ANSET Australia went into receivership and the receivers rang us and said, would you like to come to Melbourne and pray, um, pray, would you like to come to Melbourne, I should have done that as well, would you like to come to Melbourne and bid on the assets? And we were like, oh my gosh, that would be so exciting, what could we possibly buy? So we flew to Melbourne. Now, um, my colleague, Graham, he, he's an aviation buff, and we were in the hotel right at the airport, and he was excited because his room overlooked the tarmac, and he could just sit there and watch the planes come in, and he just thought he'd really got the best room. And then he came and had a look at my room. He's like, oh, yeah, you haven't got the view I've got, have you? And I was like, no, I haven't. And I opened the curtain, and there it was the view that I'd been given two weeks earlier, the same buildings in the same locations, completely the same view. And then as I looked down on them, I realised that ANSET Australia's building was about two back. I could see it there. And I realised that God was saying, I'm giving you the land. And um, so we went to, um, to have a look at it. And what we bought was a 747 cabin trainer. Um, and we bought it, in, it, it was all... Um, out in its wholeness, but we actually had to break it up and shove it back in pieces and put it together back in New Zealand. But it meant now that we could, in our flight attendant training program, we could actually practice all the cabin service and, and essential things that we needed to have. And remember, Wayne Tenney came to the opening of that. We were so excited, weren't we, when we got that back. Um, so God's blessed us in lots of ways, um, I couldn't imagine. And he's a big God, so that's the other thing is in, in my business, I didn't realize as well that he wants the best and the biggest. So an example of that, I went to America to buy a door and I came back with a plane. Um, yeah, it just was not on the, on the cards for us. I certainly just went to buy the door, but the opportunity came up to buy the whole aircraft, so we did and we shipped that back to New Zealand so that um, all the students could practice opening and closing the doors and going down the slide and all that sort of thing. Um, we set it up at Auckland Airport. One day I started to hear God's voice in a way that I hadn't heard before. I went with my um, GM to interview someone for a management role, and as I was sitting there talking to her, I felt these waves of fear coming off her, and I was thinking, but she doesn't look like she's fearful. She was happy and smiling and really engaged in conversation. The interview was going well, but I was like, whoa, there's something here. She's got a real fear coming from her. So I stopped and I said, are you afraid? And she said, everything changed. And she said, yes, I am. And so we talked through what that was about. And, um, 
and ended up with a really good sort of resolution going forward. But I thought, wow, you know, God can even talk to me when I'm talking to people. I hadn't realised that. I'm a slow learner. Um, now, I was in Fiji with my managers. We took them away for four days retreat, and um, we were doing some one-on-one catch-ups, and, and one of the managers walked in. And as we were walking in, I, again, I got this real sense off her of how she was feeling. And when I asked her the question about that, she said, yes, that's exactly how I'm feeling. So we spent the rest of the time talking about that and then ending on a prayer. Um, and so I just thought, gosh, if God's going to talk to me like this when I'm talking to people, because that's a big part of my job, obviously, um, I need a few more tools. So I heard in church about a ministry called Sozo, Saved, Delivered and Healed. And um, I knew nothing about this. I just heard that you could connect with God and hear him. And I thought, well, I'm hearing from him, but I just feel like, what's that about? And how could I do it more easily? So I booked in for a session. Now, and the person that was leading it just used a really gentle process to walk me through a greater connection with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. A big part of the session, which lasts about an hour, is on forgiveness. And it also asks God to reveal the truth. And that probably changed everything for me. Um, I didn't know, and I certainly didn't feel like I needed to get closer to God. I thought I, I was good, everything was great. I didn't feel like I was missing out in any way. But that experience of Sozo changed everything for me. I can say now that um, my thinking is probably the biggest thing that's been transformed through Sozo. And... Um, and, and when, um, when uh, prophets used to come to the church, I was one of these people that used to say, oh, pick me, pick me, please pick me. I'd really like to hear from God. You know, it'd be really great to hear from him. But I don't have to do that anymore because I can just ask him and he speaks to me. So it, it really did change everything for me. Um, in 2014... Guy said that we'd been approached by two different companies to, to buy the business. Now, I was not keen. I really loved what I was doing. I loved the business. I loved the people in it. I loved what we were doing. Um, I went to a meeting to talk with one of them. I was like, no, I walked away. Um, I went in with a, probably a terrible attitude because I was quite stubborn. I was like, no, I'm not going to sell. And went home, no, I'm not going to sell. Woke up the next morning and said, we're selling. <laughs> Complete transformation. Um, Bill Johnson talks about inviting the Holy Spirit into your dreams as the last thing that you do before you go to sleep. And that's when these dreams can stir up in you and he speaks to you. And like I just felt that my mind had been completely transformed. I knew the next day I needed to sell. And so we went through that process of selling and um, that was two years ago now. And I've stayed on as the um, CEO of New Zealand School of Tourism. And not for one moment, not for one little flicker have I ever uh, regretted that decision of selling. Um, it's been absolutely the best thing that I've done. I guess I feel released in so many ways now to be ready for, um, for the next move. For me, um, what I'm really passionate now is how I can help my team to connect with God and get some breakthroughs. And so I've been really working with my team on using some of the Sozo tools to talk to them. So in our management team, um, we have a management program which is recognising up-and-coming leaders in the organisation, and we took them away for a retreat. And one of the girls said, 
that um, she, as a child she was told by her father and brothers uh, to be quiet and not to speak. So just not to have a voice. And so on the next session, when we did a one-on-one, I asked if I could lead her in prayer to forgive her father and her brothers. Um, and to, um, to, to, I guess, um, heal that hurt, asking Father God to heal that hurt, because, particularly because it was her father that had been saying that to her. Anyway, she went back home. She rang her mom. She said, I'll forgive my dad. I feel really fantastic. I've been set free. And then she went to work, and she said to everyone, the CEO prayed for me. Um, and recently um, this last week I've spent three days in Hamner Springs with the next group of up and coming leaders and God has revealed so much trauma in people's lives and I did not realise how much fear that people are holding on to Um, and it's really um, not something that God wants us to hold on to so I would really encourage you if there's any fear in your life if you just think God is their fear in my life. It is worth getting it dealt to because he can release you from it. Um, and I was, it was really revealed to me how much that these people, particularly these that don't know God, are just absolutely bound up in fear and also in trauma. Um, so things that were revealed were really heartbreaking to me over the last few days. Things like a, a girl who was 12 woke up in the middle of the night to find her 14-year-old sister being taken out of the room and in her mind, the memory was being dragged out by SIFs to be placed in a foster home. Um, People who felt um, that their father had completely abandoned them when they walked out on them. Um, A boyfriend who committed suicide. Um, These things that people have been carrying with them. And, And God really revealed that trauma to me. So the challenge for me now is to be able to work with them and deal with it and to um, give them an opportunity to be set free. So recently I had the opportunity with one of my managers to to work through how I was going to do this. She was a non-Christian and she had a fear of speaking. And I just couldn't work it out because she was a star performer in our company. Like people looked to her. She was a She is a great, great leader, but she had this fear of speaking. And so I sat with her and I said, when did the fear of speaking first enter your life? And she she knew, because of course God drops it in straight away. Six or seven, she said, I was in the classroom. The teacher asked me to read aloud. I stumbled over some words and the teacher laughed at me and she gave permission for everyone else to laugh as well. And since then, I've just had a real fear about speaking out. So... I thought, how can I do this with someone who's, who doesn't necessarily have faith? So I decided, I said, look, we're going to, I was with someone else at the time, I said, look, I'm going to um, work, talk to you about this a bit more tomorrow. So that night I wrote out the prayer of forgiveness. And um, so then the next day I took her aside and I said, look, I've written this for you and what I want us to do is just read through it. And I said, sometimes people pray. So if they've got any faith, they might pray this as they, as they do it. And then I felt God say, just pray it with her out loud. So I said, let's do it together. So as we prayed through this forgiveness and listed the things that had really wounded her over that time, um, it went really well. At the end of it, I got the sense of her being in a little house with the blinds drawn. So I said to her, look, I get the sense that you've been in a house with the blinds down in this little house, and I said, and now it's time to to open the door. And she said, oh, it's exactly what it's been like for me, being in a house with the blinds drawn. And I said, so, what's it going to be like? Does it feel safe to walk out of it? And she said, yes, it does. 
So I said, well, come on, let's, let's walk out of it. So she did, and I said, now, what, is it, what does it look like? And she said, it's just green fields, it feels free. Um, and so for the rest of the time, we had, an, we had another day with her. Um, she spoke. <laughs> Lots um, in, in public and at the end I said how was that and she said it was incredible so um, one of the things I'm interested in now is how I can work with people who are non-Christians to see them break, break through fear and trauma so that they can be released to all that you know is the potential in them um, so too young to retire I know that God will tell me when to move on um, I've just absolutely loved the last two years and being part of the Sozo team and them helping to equip me for what God wants me to do. Um, if you do want to hear from God more, um, then I really recommend that you think about having a Sozo. It is absolutely fantastic. Pastor Ray's had a couple. He just um, He's actually on the, the Sozo team as well, and he would say, it's always good to go and get a checkup, and that's what it's like, isn't it? So today I've talked to you about facing bankruptcy at the age of 23, being deaf to God for so long and finally hearing from him, and then how God is now working with me um, in my business to reach and talk to people who don't know him. So thank you. Thank you, Nicole. It's great hearing that, isn't it? Fantastic. You know, if you think back to the, the drama right at the start, it's so easy to go through life totally sidetracked and not hear God. You know, they want the Wi-Fi, they want the coffee, they want the cafe. It's, it's, most of us could be accused of living our lives, or at least at stages, definitely, living our lives like that, where God wants to speak to us well, let me rephrase that. God is speaking to us all the time. In the book of Revelation, it says this. Now pay attention. I am standing at the door and knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will visit with you. I love the way uh, it's put there because he's speaking. He's saying, if you hear my voice. But the way it starts with pay attention. If we're paying attention, we will hear his voice. And this week, God is speaking to you every day. If you stop, if you listen, if you turn your attention to him, if we take our mind off the coffee, if we take our mind off the Wi-Fi, perhaps off the career or the study or anything else just for a minute or two, and let our attention firmly fix on Jesus, he's speaking. This week I heard a phrase, um, and I haven't had a look at it to make sure it's exactly right, and I will, but apparently the, um, the meaning of the word religion is, is repetition, basically. Repetition. And uh, it's very easy as Christians to fall into a repetition, which is religious, which has not got any life attached to it whatsoever. But Jesus came for relationship. He came, he died on a cross, took the weight of the world and the world's wrongdoing, sin upon his shoulders, was raised from the dead three days later. And then sometime after that, ascended back to the Father in heaven. He came and did all of that for relationship. 
And relationship is not monologue. Relationship is conversation, involves conversation. And he wants to talk to you, he wants to talk to me, if we'll only stop and listen. And for some here, maybe this morning, you, you, you might not be in a relationship with God. Perhaps you're sitting there going, oh, I've never heard God speak to me at all. Well, may, maybe you've been coming to church for years and years and years. You might have even been helping out in church for years and years. Well, this morning, you need to hear that God's talking to you and that perhaps you've got caught in religion where he's wanting relationship. And there's freedom this morning to change. You're not caught in religion forever. A simple decision will shift you from religion to relationship. Can I ask you to stand just for a moment? And You know, this morning if you've come and you're thinking, wow, I've got to step into that place of relationship. Can I encourage you to talk to someone before you go? Either a leader or someone that you came with or someone that you trust. And say, can you help me go from religion to relationship? It's as simple as a decision. Because God wants relationship.